Uh, my name is Todd Thompson, and I am an elder at Doxa Bible Church. And my wife and I and my sons here with me as well, well today are glad to be here. We are looking forward to coming down here sometime and hearing Pastor Tony, but uh, because of some other circumstances, Tony called me and said, hey, we've been sick all week. Any way you could come down and help us out? And I said, I would love to do that. It's always a joy to open God's word. And so we're glad we could be here today with you. Um, I am an elder at Docs. I'm also a small group leader. I also serve as a corporate chaplain for six companies in the Indianapolis area. In fact, one of them in Greensburg. ITU Absorb Tech. So I come down here every week and see the people at ITU Absorb Tech. So it's kind of fun to be back here today. But we're glad to be here. Let's, uh, let's just ask God to bless our time. And then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 7 today. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. It's reminded as we were singing of the cross. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And God, thank you that Jesus came. And he shed his blood and he rose again so we could have eternal life. Thank you for that. We pray this morning as we open Matthew chapter 7 and look at a very difficult passage of scripture that you would open our eyes, help us to understand clearly what Jesus is teaching today because it's important we understand this today. And we just pray that you would uh, have the spirit of God help us today to learn the important lessons from Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 6. And we pray that you would bless our time we pray that you'd give us uh, just a, a great time of celebrating together in the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, we will get to these in just a moment, all right? We will get these in a moment. But grab your Bibles, open to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If you're not familiar with the Bible, open the middle there and then turn to the right just a little bit, you'll find it there. Now, Matthew chapter 7 is part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. So we're toward the end of Jesus' sermon. He was at the Sea of Galilee. There was a large group of people there that he was preaching to. And in Matthew chapter 7, we're going to come to some interesting verses that we want to talk about today. But as Jesus was at that, at that uh, outdoor amphitheater, if you will, preaching, uh, there was a lot of people there. There were uh, disciples of Jesus who followed Jesus. There were people there who didn't know Jesus. Uh, they were seekers uh, trying to learn more about Jesus. Uh, there were some guys there who were Pharisees and Sadducees who were religious people, insiders, if you will, uh, that really didn't like Jesus. They were all there listening to what Jesus had to say. And what Jesus said was a lot of those religious people were hypocrites. And we're going to find that to be true today. And they were people that wore a mask. They pretended to be something they were not. And so when you see uh, the Groucho Mark glasses and nose from now on, it's going to remind you to not be a hypocrite. Okay, that's why I wore these today. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So have a good laugh now because we're going to jump to some pretty serious stuff today. And um, not a lot of laughing probably because this is a hard passage. Probably, if anything, it's going to step on our toes a little bit. So is that okay? Can we get our toes stepped on a little bit today? All right, good, because that's where we're going today. So my title today is this. Can I judge? Can I judge? Um, yeah, Chaplain Todd, is it okay for a Christian to judge other people? Good question. A lot of people have to answer it. And we're going to try to answer that today because I believe this passage in Matthew 7 may be one of the most misunderstood passages in the Bible. 
where Jesus talks about judging people. And it's, it's both inside the church, people use it incorrectly, I think, and people outside the church, people that don't know Jesus, outsiders, they don't know what this means either. And so we're going to try to see if we can't figure out what Jesus says in Matthew 7 about judging. So turn, turn to Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Let's read through our passage, and then we'll go back and talk about this. These are the words of Jesus from Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So very familiar words in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, where Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. Now, typically when we hear that, we don't hear it that way. What we hear is a little King James version, a little attitude and a little arms full, like, Hey, judge not lest you be judged. Right? You ever heard that? I hear it all the time. In fact, I have a guy who... Uh, Claimed to be an atheist. I got a great story, but I don't have time to tell you about it. But he claimed to be an atheist in one of the places I work, and I have a relation with him. One day he looks at me and says, Hey, chap Todd, judge not lest you be judged. And I said, Man, I must be getting to you. My atheist friend is quoting scripture to me, the chaplain. We had a good laugh about that. Um, but anyway, a lot of people know these verses. They use them, they say them all the time. And uh, people believe this verse means you have no right to tell me how to live. You just live however you want to live. I'll live how I want to live. As long as I'm not hurting anybody, we're just going to go on with life and I can do whatever I feel like doing. You have no right to judge me. I mean, these are the words of Jesus, right? He said, judge not. These are the words of Jesus. So uh, let's talk about that. If that is really just face value, what Jesus just said there, this is what that would kind of mean to us. All right, let me, let me give you a couple examples so you understand this. How many of you guys do an annual physical? Anybody? Annual physical, okay, some of you guys are good, your doctors like you, all right? Go to your annual physical. I did mine about a month ago, and I went to my doctor, did some blood work in advance, and uh, they had me come in, stand on a scale, they did my, you know, blood check, blood pressure, and ears and eyes, and they, we talked for a little while, and they looked at my information from my blood work. And then at the end, my doctor looked at me very graciously and lovingly and said to me, he said, you know, Todd, you're doing pretty well, but you could probably stand to lose a few pounds. And I said, hey, doc, judge not lest you be judged. That's not what I said, all right? Now, my doctor was doing that, why, for my good. She looked at my blood work, she observed everything, looked at the scale, and she said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a good fruit inspector here, and for your sake, for your physical health, it would be good for you to take a few pounds off, right? She was doing it to help me to be for something good for my life. And then I was driving back from the doctor's office, and a nice policeman turned his red lights on, and he pulled me over, and he came and said, you know how fast you were driving? And I said, well, who are you to judge how fast I was driving? Um, I mean, you guys passed me on 465 going 80 miles an hour all the time. So just judge not lest you be judged, sir. Right? Now, to be honest and transparent, the second part did not happen. Okay, but it makes for my story good. Okay, it helps help my illustration. All right? But if we just take this at face value, then my doctor has no right to tell me how much I should weigh, and that policeman should have no right to tell me how fast I can drive. Is that really what Jesus is getting to here? I don't think so. There's more to it. So we've got to figure out what he's really saying here. So my goal is for us to understand what he's saying here 
excuse me, about judging. And my key thought is this. If you're taking some notes, if you want to write this down, Christ's followers judge out of love and grace, not hypocrisy. Christ's followers judge out of love and grace, not hypocrisy. Now, why? Because it's very important we understand what Jesus just said, because we're going to have to do some judging. Um, and we need to understand this, because if we don't, it could have devastating of, of impacts on other people and ourselves if we don't understand this. Think about this. If someone is anorexic, is it good for us to agree that any weight's a healthy weight? No, that's not good for them. That's not healthy for them, right? They could die if they don't get some food and some nutrition in their body. If somebody's schizophrenic and they're hearing voices, is it good for us to go, hey, listen to those voices and follow them? They might go out and kill somebody, right? That's a bad idea. Don't do that. If someone's manic and they think they're Jesus, should we just agree with them? Yep, I think you're Jesus, right? Don't judge me. Is that what Jesus is getting to here? Obviously not. There's more to it here. So I hope you understand that Jesus has more to say about this, and we're going to try to understand exactly what that means about judging people, because it is okay to tell people, hey, that's not a healthy way to live. Hey, I love you, but, but what you're doing is going to hurt you or hurt other people. We don't want you to do that. I love you too much to go, go down that path. And so we want to consider that. So today, I want to understand what Jesus is saying. And in order, in order for us to really know what's going on here, we have to accurately understand and interpret the Bible. So that's where I want to go today a little bit with you guys. I want to give you kind of three rules. There's, there's some more you can use, but there's three kind of rules that I like to use when I interpret the Bible. And when you get to a hard passage like Matthew chapter 7, where it says, judge not lest you be judged, how do you understand this? How do we get to the, the bottom of this? So I'm going to give you the three rules kind of up front here. Then we're going to go back through Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 6, and see if we can use these to help us understand what Jesus is trying to get at when he says, judge not lest you be judged. So here's the first rule, if you want to write this down. It's context. Make sure that we get the verses in context. What does that mean? A lot of cults will just take a little verse and they'll use it for their whole theme, you know. Judge not. You can't judge anybody. That's their whole thing. But they don't read the verses before it. They don't read the verses after it. They don't look at the entirety of the Bible. And so in context, we need to say, who wrote this? What was the context of the culture like? What do these verses before it mean? What do the verses after it mean? So in order to understand what the Bible says, you've got to get it in context, first of all. All right? Secondly, is interpretation. Always use clear passages to understand unclear passages. Does the, does the entirety of the Bible talk about this, or is this the only place it talks about it? Because think about this. The same Holy Spirit that inspired these words that Jesus said inspired all the Bible. So are there other places that are really clear on this we can understand because those passages will help us understand this better. So go, go use the clear passages to understand the unclear passages. And it, it's really easy to do. The Holy Spirit can help us to do that. Then the last thing is this. Pray about it. Think about this. This is really cool to me. The same Holy Spirit that inspired the Word of God is the same Holy Spirit that lives in us as believers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? It's the same Spirit. Don't you think he could connect those dots? If you read something, you go, I don't, I don't quite understand what that means. Pray. Say, God, will you help me? I, we did that this morning. I already prayed about it. I said, God, will you give us an insight into this? Um, James 5 says, if, if you need wisdom, ask, and God will give it to you generously. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit. Pray and ask him to help you. We've done that this morning. So we're going to talk about context and interpretation today to understand these verses. So let's go to context first, all right, where it says, judge not lest you be judged. Question for you. What comes before Matthew chapter 7? 
Oh, I got some people awake. Very good. Matthew chapter 6. It wasn't a trick question. Very good. Matthew chapter 6 is the, is the context here. And the big theme, in, it's because this is a... This is a sermon Jesus gave. Four, five, and six is a sermon. And in six and seven, you're going to see four times he talks about not being a hypocrite. Don't live a hypocritical life. So it's a big theme in chapter six and seven of this sermon about being hypocrisy, like, like being an actor on a stage or wearing glasses, right, trying to be somebody you're not. That's what he's talking about here. Don't be a hypocrite. And so in chapter six and seven, he talks about that. And, and Webster defines hypocrisy as this. The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Listen to that again. The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. That's a hypocrite. You say one thing and you do another. He says, don't be a hypocrite. He talks about it quite often in here. So two examples. Go back with me to chapter 6 real quick. Go to verse 5. Here's where we find it one time. Here's what he says. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners and they, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received a reward. So who's Jesus talking about? Who are these hypocrites he's talking about? You know who they are? They're the religious people. He's talking about the Pharisees. They're the guys that stood in the street corners and used all the big words and made a big deal out of prayer and everybody could see them praying and they went to the synagogues, and they were the insiders. And it says they did one thing, but really were doing something else. It wasn't really because of how spiritual they were. It was really because they wanted people to see that they were prayer. They could pray to God in these, all these big words. And so he says, hey, don't, it's not a big show, guys. It's not what this is about. It's not what prayer is about. They were just actors in a theater. They were people wearing glasses. They wanted to think that they were super spiritual and really had this close walk with God. And Jesus says, hey, no, listen, I got a better idea. Just go in your prayer closet and pray. Nobody needs to see you, okay? That'd be so much better than being a hypocrite. All right? Go down to verse 16. He talks about it again. He says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So he's talking about fasting. What did these guys do? These Pharisees, you know what they did when they fasted? They'd be like all disheveled. They'd go out and, hey, hey, you know, Tony, you want to go to lunch? Tony, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. Can't, I'm, I'm being spiritual today. So if you were spiritual, you'd do like me and fast, right? And they'd make sure everybody knew they were fasting. Just like, that, no, when you fast, nobody needs to know you're fasting. You just do it privately on your own so for a spiritual reason. You don't need to let a bunch of people know you're fasting. That's just being a hypocrite. Now, remember, when, when, when this sermon was given, it wasn't broken down by chapters and verses, all right? We've added all those so that we can find where we're looking at and what we're trying to find in the Bible. So chapter 6 and chapter 7 go right together. So I think the big theme of these is hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite when you're doing things. Don't be a hypocrite. Now, go back to Matthew 7. Drop down to verse 15. So we're, gonna, we're talking about context again. What's the Bible say before it? What's it say after it? Okay, look at chapter 7, verse 15. Here's what he says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now watch what he says here. You will recognize them by their fruit. How do you recognize a fruit? You ever eat a banana? Do you look at it before you eat it? It's all black. Are you going to eat it? I'm not. I want the yellow one, right? So you'll know it by their fruit. We're going to judge it by its fruit. 
Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. What did Jesus say? Hey, watch out. Beware of these people out there that appear to be something that they're not. They're being hypocrites. Right? What is that? The practice of claiming to have moral standards and beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. How did Jesus say you're going to know them? By their fruit. By what you see. By what they do. That's how you're going to know them. Sounds like Jesus is telling us to judge people now. I thought he just says, do not judge. So how are we going to understand all this? How does this all work together? Jesus' point, you're going to have to judge people, but don't be a hypocrite to judge people. Do it, do it in the right way. Be a good judge. Don't be a hypocritical judge. Now, go back to chapter 7, verse 3. Let's go back to our text here. And let's see what he has to say about this. All right, here's what he says. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, just a little tiny, you know, speck of something, but do not notice the log, this big thing sticking out of your head, in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? Now watch what he says in verse 5. I'm trying to make a point here. You what? Hypocrite. There it is again. He's talking about it again. So you see this big flow of hypocrisy. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So Jesus saying, hey, don't judge hypocritically. It's okay to judge, but be careful I do it. Because we all have our own issues, right? Everybody's got logs at times. Did you know that? I do at times. I get logs in my eyes and I miss it. And I'm looking at the speck in somebody else's eye, but I've really got an issue too I need to deal with. Now, how many of you guys have ever flown on an airplane? Everybody flown? Okay. Get in the airplane. They sit you down. The first thing they do is they go, hey, I got some instructions for you. The stewardess, or the, they get up and they go, here's how you buckle your seat belts and pull this tight, you know, and here's where the restrooms are, and here's what they do this exit thing like this. Here's the exits if you need to get out. And then they say this. They say, hey, if we lose air pressure... The, the oxygen masks are going to fall from the ceiling, and what are you to do first? Put your own on first, and then do what? Help your kids. Why do they say that? Because if you're passed out on the floor with no oxygen, you're not going to be any help to your kids. All right? What did Jesus just say? Get the log out of your eye first. Look in the mirror. Look in there. What's going on in your life before you start judging other people? Maybe there's some things you need to work on first. So be very careful of that. Um, Look in the mirror first because we, we all have struggles. So when you, just, when you judge, do it out of grace and love. Don't do it out of hypocrisy. Very careful. Now, that, that's kind of context, okay? We got kind of both sides. We see this is all about hypocrisy. Next is interpretation. You clear to understand it clear. Are there other passages that talk about judging that are really clear in the Bible? Right? Well, there's quite a few. We're going to look at four of them real quickly so you can understand what I'm talking about here. The first one is in John 7. Turn there to John 7. Um, and in verse 24, it's on the screen here, it says, Stop judging by mere appearance, but instead judge correctly. Is that pretty clear? Stop judging by what? By appearance, by what you just see, all right? But do it correctly. How many of you guys have driven by that guy on the street or that lady on the street that's all messed up and they got a sign, need money for food, and you drive by and you go, they just need money for drugs, I do it all the time. You know what? I don't know their story. I don't know really what's going on in their life. They could be totally legit. I don't know. Be careful by just judging by mere appearance 
of what you see. Make sure you have the whole story before you judge, because if you don't, be very careful there. And so uh, if you want to write this down in your notes, hey, don't judge by mere appearance, but judge correctly, all right? I have to be honest. I do it all the time, and you guys probably do too. John said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, don't judge by what you just see or what you hear, but make sure you have the whole story. So it's okay to judge, but do it correctly. Be discerning, be loving, be kind, be gracious. Think about this. Proverbs was written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Here's what he said in, in Proverbs 18, 17. He said, the one who stand, states his case first seems right. You ever have somebody come to you and tell you something? Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. But it says, until the other comes and examines him. I've got three kids. You ever have your kid come and go, Dad, David hit me. Well, that's not good. And then Tyler comes and goes, yeah, but he hit me first. Right? You need both sides of the story. Make sure you have the whole story before you start judging people. Okay? Because it's really easy to judge just when you hear one side. And honestly, it's easy for us to do it. It's really easy to see the speck in somebody else's eye and totally miss the, the, the log in our own eye. Just be careful. Here's what I would say. We should always, always think the best of people. Try to think the best of people. Always give people the benefit of the doubt. Make sure you get the whole story. Let's be a place that builds each other up and builds others up, not tears people down. Right? That's as Christians, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be known by our love for each other, right? Our love for each other. Now, let's look at another passage. Go to Romans chapter 2 with me. In Romans chapter 2, uh, let me back up to the hair. Romans chapter 1 talks about God's wrath of the ungodly. And he gives a big list of, he talks about a bunch of stuff. I'm going to give you a little list here. Idolatry, immorality, greed, hate, envy, murder, deception, gossip, disobedience. It's a big, just a big list of ungodliness. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. Else, for you who judge others do the very same thing. Right? You're being a hypocrite. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same thing? Do you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Is that pretty clear? Yeah, don't be the guy that's calling out somebody else when you're doing the exact same thing. That's just being a hypocrite. Don't do that. And here's the deal. We all have a past. We all do. Be careful not to judge the hypocritical spirit. Be what? Kind and tolerant and patient with others, just like Jesus is with us. That's how we should treat other people. And this is just way easy to do for us to do this. Um, you might want to write this down. It's not in your notes, but you might write this down. Um, I accuse other people, but excuse myself. I accuse others, but excuse myself. Do it all the time, right? I see that speck in their eye so easy, but I totally miss a log in my eye. I accuse them, but I excuse my stuff. Anyone else do that, right? Yeah, we all do that at times. Maybe an illustration will help you here. I was a pastor for many years, for 35 years. One of the churches I was in, um, one of the youth ladies came to, came, she was a youth worker, um, young lady, very kind of artsy fartsy kind of person, you know what I'm talking about? And she came to youth group one day and she had a cross tattoo on her leg. Really nice, it was really pretty, cross tattoo on her leg. 
And um, the next week we had a leaders meeting, and one of the other one of the other deacons there uh, was also one of our, our leaders in our church. And he came to the meeting and he said, "Hey, got a little issue in youth group. What's going on?" Well, she came. She had this tattoo, and I'm just afraid it's going to cause issues with parents because now the girls are all going to want tattoos. So they were all commenting on it, and we think it's going to cause issues. We had this little discussion in, in there, and um, so I, I finally said, "Hey, let me ask one simple question, okay?" and see if maybe this will help. And there was nine guys at the table. I said, tell me, of the nine sitting here, how many of you guys have a tattoo? And four of them raised their hands. And I said, if it's okay for the leadership of the church to have a tattoo, I think it's okay for youth to have a cross tattoo. All right? And the guy that was complaining was one of the guys that raised his hand. And he was a, he was a youth worker too. I'm like, come on, don't, don't be a hypocrite, right? End of the, I said, end discussion, guys are going on. It's fine. We're not gonna, she, she can help with the teens. She's good, all right? Now, think back of this. Some of the Pharisees that were there listening to Jesus were the same guys that found this lady who was caught in adultery. And they drag her before Jesus and they throw her at his feet. Do you remember this? Throw her before his feet. And they say, hey, what do we do with this lady? We caught her in adultery. And they all pick up stones. And Jesus bends down. They think he's going to grab a stone, but he doesn't grab a stone. He starts writing in the dirt. Now, I wish... We knew what he wrote. We don't know what he wrote. Probably he was writing the sins of the guys holding the stones. And the reason I say that is because you know what he said to them? He gets down, he writes something in the stone, then he says this, you without sin cast the first stone. And you know what they did? Tink, <laughs> tink, and they walked off. Tink, and they all walked off. And pretty soon there's nobody there, just her. Her and Jesus, you know what he says to her? He says, hey, listen, you have no accusers. Go and sin no more. How gracious and loving was that? How kind. And all those guys who had the stones, guess what? You're next. We're going to kill her for that? All right, who wants to be next? That's what he's saying. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. So I told you it's kind of a tough one, isn't it? It's kind of a tough one today. Be careful not to judge hypocritically. Can, can we just be honest today? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. All right? I don't care what you've done where you've been, what your past is, the ground is level. Our, our, our sin is sin. Now, there's different consequences to sin. We get that. But the ground is level. We're all sinful people. We're all sinners, and we all sort of fall short of God's glory. Paul says it's only because of God's love and his grace and his patience and his kindness that any of us are okay with God. That's only because of God. It's only because of Jesus. So don't judge hypocritically, all right? So that's, that's another B. So don't judge by mere appearance. Don't judge hypocritically. Here's the third one. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 5, or you can see it will be on the screen here. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 12. This is Paul talking. Watch what he says. Let's see if this is clear. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Okay, here's my question. According to Paul, are we to judge outsiders or insiders? Insiders, okay, it's pretty clear what he said. We don't judge outsiders, we judge insiders, all right? So, question, who, who are the people here he's talking about? Letter C is judge insiders, not outsiders. Outsiders are people outside the family of God. These are people that are, I like to call them pre-Christians. They don't know Christ yet, right? We're working on them. They don't know Christ yet. They're pre-Christians. And, and they're outside the family of God. And God says, hey, we don't judge them. How many guys, do you guys have Planet Fitness here, Tony? Do you know? Okay, Planet Fitness in town. How many of you guys work out of Planet Fitness? Anybody? 
Everybody ever gone to Planet Fitness? Nobody? My wife and my, kid, my, my family has. Okay. Um, if you go to Planet Fitness, maybe some of you guys know this. If you go to Planet Fitness, on the wall, it's, it's purple, or all purple, there's a big sign on the wall, and here's what it says. This is a what? A judgment-free zone. What does that mean? Well, if you're Mr. America and you work out every day, you're welcome here. If you come in, you go, I don't know how to start a treadmill. Which button do I push? You're welcome here. Come on in. We don't care. Come on in. We just, we're just glad you're here, right? That's what, the, that's what Planet Fitness does. We should probably put a sign up, Tony, that says judgment-free zone at the rock. Right? When people come in here, we're just glad they're coming. If you're, you've been in church your whole life, you're welcome here. You never stepped a foot in a church your whole life? Come on in. You're welcome here. We're not going to judge you. Guess what? That's God's judge. He's the judge. We're supposed to love you. Let the Holy Spirit convict people. He's so much better at it than we are. Let's just, let's just walk them in and let's just love them to death, right? Uh, what a great place to be. We want outsiders to know how much God loves them. And then we'll let the Holy Spirit convict them. Oh, we're going to speak the truth. Tony's going to preach the truth in love. You guys, unapologetic teaching. If the Bible says it, we're going to say it. All right, we're going to talk about that. But we're also, we're going to tell you this. We're going to love those people when they come in here. Now, what about insiders? The Bible says we're to judge each other, okay? Kind of interesting wording there. The Bible talks about how iron sharpens iron. You ever have friction with a brother or sister in Christ? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to work it out and restore each other. You're supposed to restore that relationship inside. Jesus, Jesus was judging those inside the church in this passage, right? He talks about the Pharisees and stuff. Those are the insiders. These are the religious guys he's upset with in here. And we don't kick people when they're down. We don't kick them out. We help them up. We, the goal is restoration, always restoration. Um, how many guys at your house when you grew up had family rules at your house? Anybody have family rules? Okay, my family had family rules growing up. And I had two brothers. And my parents, one of their rules was that we had to be home by midnight on the weekend. If we were out, we had to be in by midnight because my parents said, unless we know where you are, there's really not anything going on good after midnight. Everything's closed. Most of your friends get in trouble after midnight. You've got to be home at midnight. Those family rules, okay? Now, my parents did not expect their friends to call our house at midnight and say, hey, are your kids home? They never did that. Uh, they weren't waiting up. If I came in late, they weren't waiting up for me. My, my mom and dad were, but my parents' friends weren't there waiting up for us because we had family rules. And we had to abide by those rules because they loved us. They want us to be good. Guess what? We have family rules, right? We got the word of God. That's the family rules for, for inside the church. This is God's word. This is our family, if you will. And we don't go outside to resolve our issues. We go to each other to resolve our issues, right? That's how we're supposed to do this. People who don't know Christ outsider, it's God's place to judge them and to convict them. It's our spot to love them. But uh, probably the number one reason that people don't come to church, don't come to the rock, is this. I, I just, I had a lady, I invited her to church the other day, I was talking to her, I said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And she goes, I would, but the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And I said, yep, we are. Absolutely. We are, I, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for church on any hypocrites, don't, you're not going to find one. If you do, don't go, you're going to mess it up, okay? We're just, we're a bunch of, we are, we're a bunch of sinners. We're trying to help each other find the right way to do this and how to follow Christ better. Um, but listen, our goal is to get people spiritually healthy, right? Get them spiritually healthy. Remember, don't be a hypocrite. We just want, we're just one sinner helping another sinner find, find the peace and the joy and the contentment of following Jesus. That's what we're about. That's what we want to do is help them. We don't want to hurt them in this process. You, you're welcome to come. 
Please come. We encourage people to come. Please come and see what Jesus offers you. Here's what I can tell you. If you're, not a, if you're an outsider, you won't regret getting to know Jesus. You won't. You, it'll be the best thing ever happened to you. Think about this. The church should be a judgment-free zone because when people come from the outside that don't know Jesus, that are seeking Jesus, what a better place for them to be than a place that loves them. No matter their, their issues, their race, their social economic standing, their clothes, their hairstyle, we're not here to condemn them. We're here to love them and let God work on them because God's much better. Jesus is our example. Think about this. Who did Jesus get in trouble with all the time? The Pharisees for doing what? Being around sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors, right? And Jesus said, hey, I didn't come for the healthy people. I came for who? Sick people. I came for the outsiders. They need to know Jesus. That's what I'm here for. He loved them. He didn't leave more where they were. He told them, hey, go and sin no more. But he loved them. And we don't change people. Listen, we introduce them to a God that can change them. I don't change anybody, but God can change them. Just like he's still changing me, he's still changing you. Hey, if you don't know Jesus and you're here today, please keep coming back to the rock. Keep coming back. They're going to do their best to love you and let God work on you. Christ followers, we don't hold outsiders to insider standards. Okay, that's what the Bible teaches us here. It's God's job to deal with the spiritual sickness. It's our job to love. We're just to love people. So let me review quickly. Don't judge on mere appearance. Don't judge hypocritically. Don't judge outsiders as insiders. And then one more place, go to Galatians chapter 6. And this is going to be judge insiders gently with the goal of restoration. Judge insiders gently. Now watch what it says in Galatians 6 and in Matthew 18. It talks about it too, about how we deal with each other's. Always our goal with, with inside the church when we're judging is restoration, okay, to, to bring back a relationship that was broken. Here's what it says in Galatians 6, verse 1. It says, brothers, does that sound like family? Okay, brothers or sisters, family values here. If anyone is caught in a transgression, what's a transgression? That's sin. If somebody's caught in sin, who is he talking about? Family. Family, people, we're going to agree with God's word. We're going to live what God says. If someone's not living according to that, we're going to go to them out of love because we don't want to hurt them. It's always politically correct. Not always. No, but we're going to just, we're going to preach the word of God and let God worry about that issue. He'll take care of that. But we're going to go to them and we're going to love them because Galatians 6 says this, you who are spiritual should do what? Throw them out, um, gossip about them, kick them to the ground. No, what's it say there? Restore him how? With gentleness. Restore them gently. Restore them how you would want to be restored. With forgiveness and gentleness and patience and kindness. Why? Because we want to help each other become spiritually healthy. That's why we want to be spiritually healthy. And then he says this. Watch the very watch. He says the very end. He says, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Now where the rubber meets the road? Anybody got a log in your eye? Yeah, we get tempted. And we struggle. And guess what? We will till Jesus returns. We're going to struggle at time. So Christ followers, hate to pop your bubble. We're not always right all the time. We struggle at times. We do. We have, we have issues and we have different issues. Probably different than the person sitting next to you. You have a different issue. But we're to work together. Now listen, two things you need to know about this. We all need to be willing to help others. If you see a brother that's struggling, go to him. Out of love, patience, kindness, gentleness, help them. Right? When you judge, do it correctly for love, for restoration. And number two, we all need to be open to correction. If somebody comes to you, 
don't be mad at them that they came with something. Be glad they did because they love you. They care about you. They want you to do better. And so we need that. Be willing to help others. Be open to correction. We judge insiders gently with the goal of restoration. So I think the Bible teaches us here that we don't judge on mere appearance. We don't judge hypocritically. We judge insiders, not outsiders. And we judge insiders gently with the goal of restoration. I think that's kind of where Jesus was heading in this passage. And so my, my key thought again is this. Christ's followers judge out of love and grace, not hypocrisy. Love and grace, not hypocrisy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word of God. It's powerful. It, it, it impacts our lives. Help us to learn the truths from this passage, that we won't be people wearing glasses and funny nose and try to be people we're not. Just be who we are. Don't be hypocritical. When you got a log, take it out. Jesus will forgive us. God will forgive us. We just need to ask for it. When you see a speck in your brother's eye, go to them gently and, and patiently and kindly to restore them back to, to, to spiritual health. And Father, I don't, I don't know many of the people here today. I'm not from Greensburg, but I do know this. I do know that uh, God loves you. He, he cares about you and he loves you. And maybe today you're here and you're an outsider. I don't, I don't know, maybe it's the first time you've ever been to the, to the rock. And you're an outsider and you need to know Jesus. Um, the Bible says you can be an insider. You can, you can ask Christ in your life today and he will save you. It's very simple. You just pray a simple prayer. Admit that you're a sinner. Tell him right where you sit. Just say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And, and I know that Jesus died for my sins. Will you come into my life and save me? And he'll do that today. And today you can know Jesus. And you can have that, that assurance that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. And you can have confidence and believe that he loves you today. Father, thank you for each one here today. I pray that you'll bless them. Thanks for Pastor Tony and, and Brad and the, the leadership team here. I pray that you'll bless them. Uh, thanks for, for The Rock, what you're doing here. I pray that you continue to uh, give the church um, just a great blessing. Bring people to them that need you. Bring outsiders here that will come in and, and just be loved to death. And, and then let the Spirit of God work on them so they'll come to know Jesus. Thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray.